Hello, 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 hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. It is Tuesday, April 23rd, and it's a beautiful day out there today, and we're so glad that you're here with us today. Uh, I am your host for the show, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And of course, I'm joined every week by the one and only, my my fabulous co-host, our editor-in-chief and founder here at Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. Thrilled to How be here. I'm great, thanks. Um, I got snacks ready to go. I'm all ready for an exciting podcast. And this is the second time in, a, um, in less than a week that um, we've done a podcast because you were so kind to join the Canadians Connection podcast on uh, live on Saturday afternoon uh, and uh, did a great segment on uh, the Laval Rocket and, and, the, and the future prospects. It was a very fun podcast on Saturday afternoon. I really enjoyed, uh, well, of course, I listen every week to you and Joe Whalen uh, with your live Canadians-related uh, podcast uh, here on Rocket Sports Radio. It airs at 1 p.m. Eastern live every Saturday afternoon. Of course, you can look it up on demand as well if you search uh, any of your podcast platforms for Rocket Sports Radio, but really had a lot of fun. Um, thanks so much to you and Joe for inviting me to come on and uh, dish for a little bit about the Laval Rocket and Joel Bouchard's inaugural season behind the bench uh, and what the future of the Rocket and, and some of the Canadians' prospects look like. Had a, had a blast. So thanks so much for having me. And I recommend that everyone go listen to it and check it out. And we'll tell you how to do that uh, more to the end, end of the show. Yeah, Because exactly. it's easy. It's free. And it's, it's very easy. easy. Mm-hmm. We, li- we like free. We like easy. We like beautiful spring days. Can you believe it's like almost the end of April? Do you like snacks too? I do. Now, have, and hold on. You said you have snacks with you today. Did you bring enough to share for the whole class? <laughs> it's a small bag. It's a pretty small bag of uh, Humpty Dumpty cheesies. And uh, Humpty Dumpty anything is not all that great, but um, I don't I have even Humpty Dumpty cheesies and yeah, it's one of those brands. It's a uh, there's um, there's a little factory in Montreal. Humpty Dumpty cheesies and a Coke, and I'd much prefer can't really get it here, but I much prefer cherry Coke. Um, mm. But speaking of cherry, okay. Oh, it, don't tell last, me it's cherry pie yeah. week. If it if you say it's cherry pie week, I'm calling <laughs> BS. Day, not week, but it's it's April twenty third is National Cherry Cheesecake Day. All right, I I will let that. I was gonna if you said the word pie, I was gonna come <laughs> through this microphone, and I think our dear friend and colleague Kathy would have come through her speakers as well because she was like again with the pie, Cherry Cheesecake, cheesecake. Day. Uh huh. Well, I'm totally now. Where did you bring samples? Because I'm all and, down for cheesecake. No, in fact, I, I have a different day that I was going to uh, talk about. Um, more along really? your line. Well, not that cherry cheesecake isn't. Oh, Joe, enjoy, Jer- Joe, 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 cherry cheesecake is right up my alley. But today is National Talk Like Shakespeare Day. <laughs> Spaketh, spaketh like Shakespeare day. Doth I do, I dost hear the words of Shakespeare. Hmm. Uh, because to... William Shakespeare, born this day, April 23rd on 1564. So this, that would make it, uh, this would make it his 455th birthday. Wow. Mm-hmm. Gonna have to and get into like character. Ago, yeah. Ten years ago, the folks at um, the Chicago Shakespeare Theater decided that it should be a National Talk Like Shakespeare Day in two thousand nine. So this is the tenth anniversary of the National Talk Like Shakespeare Day. I shall talketh like Shakespeare. 
Well, I shall not say that I would do it for the rest of the show because that would just be, oh my God, that <laughs> no. would be, that would, that would be painful. Uh, but I like that. I, I'm, I'm, I am a fan of the theater in general, uh, particularly William Shakespeare. So I like, I like that it shakes, talk like Shakespeare did. And there's a hockey tie-in, strangely enough, that um, uh, okay. in, in 2011, um, Illinois Governor Pat Quinn proclaimed April 23rd as Talk Like Shakespeare uh, for the state of Illinois. And who mm-hmm. knew? Who knew that uh, imposing player, revered coach, Hockey Hall of Fame member Pat Quinn was the governor of Illinois? So that's a little bit of an odd little Stretch. nugget. <laughs> are you trying to make up for the fact that you stole the Where Are They Now segment briefly in your Canadians briefly. Connection podcast on Saturday? I was there, well, I so I have the proof. You did. Yeah, that's and so true. you owe And you played along and added to it. So I did. I did. But so in the tradition of, of national talk like Shakespeare Day, what is what is um, uh, your favorite, putting you on the spot here, because I didn't tell you this in advance, but what is, and, and I'll give you a little bit of time to, to come up with something, what is your favorite Shakespeare, you say you're a fan of, of Shakespeare, what is your favorite Shakespeare quote or, or the most memorable quote for you? Oh, that's tough. Think about it. I will tell you mine. Okay, come back to me later in the show because I got to think about that. All right. Well, I, got- I had two two came to mind when when I saw that it was National Talk Like Shakespeare Day. One because in high school I was in I was in um, a production of Macbeth. Mm-hmm. Shakespeare played it. I played Macduff, um, and <laughs> okay. I had the the horror 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 line. And and that's a really difficult thing to say, the word horror three times without making it horror, sound horror horror. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and and the quotes. Oh, horror horror horror. Tongue nor heart can conceive nor name me or something like that. Uh, check me on that. But the other one, um, the other one, goes back to. Um, do you remember that documentary? Uh, that was produced called. Uh, it was about the Klingons and. Um, it was it was called Star Trek Four. You're gonna steal my you're gonna steal the phrase that I was gonna tell you that was my favorite. I bet. Really? I bet well, we share. I, I bet we share it. General Chang. I mean that that movie was ter- terrific because it was Christopher Plummer playing General Chang, a Klingon, and William Shatner uh, doing James T. Kirk. And both Plummer and Shatner were um, uh, classmates in, in, in Montreal at a drama school. And they got a chance to, um, to work together in Star Trek uh, Four. And it was, it was uh, Plummer as General Chang uh, pulling, from, pulling from Shakespeare. And it was, it was a, a bunch of quotes kind of mashed together um, and he did the tickle us, do we not laugh, prick us, do we not bleed, wrong us, shall we not revenge? And I am constant as the North star, Northern Star. And then he went into cry havoc and let slip the dogs of war, which is absolutely a favorite um, Shakespeare quote of mine. Uh, as is mine, it is from um, it is Mark Antony uh, who says that over Caesar's dead body. Um, it's a very good one. It's a very good one. So I will say uh, another one that I really like is it's a, it's a, it's a well-known quote, but it's actually a bit of a, a mini little poem in the midst of a play and being the true thespian that I am, I can't actually say the name of the play. That is one of my favorites that this comes from. Um, I can, I can hint to it. Uh, if, you know, it's the it's the second word in McDonald's fav, famous Big Mac sandwich. The second word in that, in the Big Mac, and then there's a woman's name that comes after that. 
Why can't you say Macbeth? <laughs> ah, what are you, are you? Okay, not a true thespian. To all of my to all of my fellow theater people, I'm I apologize for my co-host who doesn't know that it's horrible bad luck to say the name of that play out loud. You never <laughs> you never speak the that name of the play really? out loud, particularly inside of a theater. Uh, it's very bad luck. That's like, why like I've had bad luck since since my I guess high school so. play. I guess, yeah. I guess, I guess <laughs> so. Um, but in that play, uh, there are three fabulous little side characters, the three witches, and they come together in the woods in the forest. Um, and people are familiar with with the first line of their little uh, their little spell that they're weaving but the whole thing is actually quite um it's quite gruesome and i guess that's why i love it it's double double toil and trouble fire burn and cauldron bubble fillet of a fenny steak in the cauldron boil and bake eye of newt and toe of frog wool of bat and tongue of dog adder's fork and blind worm's sting lizard's leg and howlet's wing for a charm of powerful trouble, like a hell broth boil and bubble. Double, double toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. Cool it with a baboon's blood, then the charm is firm and good. It's just so My gruesome. It's so gruesome. I, uh, no, I, that's not committed to memory. I will admit that I just read that. But it's just so gruesome. And they're so evil and witchy. And they're very fun. Very, very fun. Well, that was a fun little detour uh, on National <laughs> Shakespeare Day. Talk like National Shakespeare Talk Day. like Shakespeare Day. Yeah. That's right. But hey, we're here for hockey, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I'm not here for a Shakespeare lesson. Uh, um, culture for the week. Absolutely. Need a little bit of that. So we've got a Good lineup for you today. As we mentioned last week, you know, the Laval Rocket and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, their seasons might be over, but our season is not here at the AHL Report and here at From the Press Box. So we'll be coming to you all summer long. There's plenty to talk about. Um, And in fact, uh, concerning the Laval Rocket, we're going to talk with a little bit of, of news about some players um, who who are relevant to Laval or some things about players who have had relevance to Laval this past year, just some news and updates about some things. Uh, and then in the second segment, we're going to go around the AHL. Uh, there were two more uh, very important AHL awards that were uh, handed out after our show aired last week. Uh, so we want to make sure to mention those. Uh, the Rockford Ice Hogs made a very interesting signing this week that we're going to talk about as well. Of course, uh, we are knee-deep in the first round of the Calder Cup playoffs, so we're going to give an update as to how those series are going. There are two series being played in each of the four divisions uh, around the league, so we'll give an update on how that's, hap- how that's going, as well as a brief little discussion about um, – some potential news, stuff that's a little up in the air about the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins in the Atlantic Division. Uh, and then finally, in the third segment, we're just going to, as Rick mentioned, tell you a little bit about how you can find all of our Rocket Sports Radio podcasts and talk a little bit about what you can expect uh, with all of the content that we do have to offer, um, both written and um, audible uh, around the web as well as give you a little bit of a weekly preview before we sign off for the day and go find some cherry cheesecake and talk like Shakespeare while we're eating it. <laughs> Sounds so like pretty fun. Cool show. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get started. Um, Rick, there was uh, actually just, um, just after our podcast aired last week, I think it was the next day. Um, keeping in mind everyone that of course, uh, at this point last week we're only about a week out of not even a week out of the regular season um, and of course as we've said we're going to be here all summer long to talk about signings and trades and the draft and prospects and free agency all that stuff really starts to heat up uh, come June and of course July once we hit free agency but I think much to everyone's surprise um, the Canadians made an announcement last week 
that they they rushed right out and had a contract renewal signing to announce. I thought, wow. I mean, that's 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 a big deal. I mean, we're like looking at your watch. Like, I don't. I don't is the ice even up off the Bell Center floor yet? And they've made us. They've signed someone to a to a new contract already. It's got to be someone that they. It's got to be really, you know, an important contract that you want to be sure to get locked in right away. No questions asked. And uh, sure enough, it was um, a one-year, one-way contract for 28-year-old defenseman Christian Follen. Hmm. Well, As I'm sure. Of course. You can see the urgency <laughs> I mean, in that. I mean, whew. I don't I don't know how I could have gone longer than roughly five days without knowing whether or not Christian Fulton was going to get another contract with the Montreal Canadiens. I, I just, I'm so glad that they, I can, I can sleep better at night. Well, as our um, AHL report colleague, Chris G asked, uh, was there a lineup around the block uh, waiting to sign uh, Christian Fulton? Um Apparently no. the Montreal Canadiens think so. Apparently they do. And, you know, I had plenty of feedback on Twitter when I, of course, announced my complete and utter shock <laughs> at why this needed to be, why we needed to rush out and sign Christian Follen. And sure, I had plenty of people, oh, well, you know, it's a, it's just a depth signing. He's there for depth and don't we have all summer to figure out depth or at least, I mean, until, I don't know, May, June, something like that to figure out a depth player. And particularly, and you might be thinking, so why are we talking about this as on, on from the press box here at the AHL report? Well, my biggest concern, the first thing out of my mouth was, well, what does Brett Learnout have to say about that? Because guess what? They're both a right. They're they're both a, a right shot. And we just got done talking last week about how Brett Learnout uh, has made strides again this year. Didn't get a call up again this year, uh, and has but had a good training camp and and is he's paying his dues in the AHL. And we were talking about how you know Brett Learnout needs to be given an honest to goodness shot at training camp at making the roster. And the very first signing that you do a, a, a week into the off season is sign a guy that could basically take his, that is going to stand in his way. I just not happy about it. And tr- I, I mean, I say Brett Lernout, go to training camp and take Christian Follin's job away from him and send him to Laval. Cause nobody's going to pick this kid up on waivers. So I'm telling you that right now. If it gets to that point, uh, if it gets to that point, and and you wonder, uh, given that they rushed out to sign Christian Follen, um, if there is uh, an organizational commitment to um, Brett Learnout um, uh, remaining with the Montreal Canadiens organization, um, uh, Learnout is is an RFA, um, will mm-hmm. become uh, July first, um, and and is there any feeling about uh, wanting to, to, to sign him or not. Um, uh, it's also curious because the right side of the Canadian's defense is the only uh, part of the defense with any kind of um, stability or quality. Um, you know, uh, Shea Weber at the top of that list, uh, uh, Jeff Petrie, who, um, who played well and filled in well when, when Weber was, um, uh, injured for the first part of the season. Uh, you have Noah Juleson, who's expected back. Of course, he missed uh, a good portion of of the season um, with his uh, facial fracture. Um, and one would expect that he would not not necessarily start in Laval, but that he's certainly proven that he's ready uh, for a, a, an assignment um, with uh, with the Canadians. Uh, so that makes. Um, that makes Folan um, your your seven eight defenseman uh, on the right side, and it would would say that that uh, Learnout is nine ten at best, uh, unless as you say he can displace uh, Folan. 
uh, when at the same time, there's nothing on the left side. There's, there's absolutely nothing. There's um, no, you have uh, Meta, you have Riley, you have uh, Kulak, you have Ben. Uh, ben. None of those guys are legitimate um, on a, on a, on a contending team, on a Stanley cup contending team. Uh, there's nobody who's a top four in there. Uh, those are all, all four are bottom pairing defensemen. And, and with, mm-hmm. with the greatest respect to Victor Meta, um, who, who did his best uh, being matched with, with Shea Weber and full credit uh, to Shea Weber for playing uh, the part of a defenseman and a half to cover uh, for Victor Meta. Um, mm-hmm. But Victor Meta needs to be, he, he struggles against bigger defensemen. He, he, um, he doesn't have any kind of, uh, because of his lack of a shot, he doesn't have any kind of offensive game. So you got, um, you got a hole next to, to Weber um, and uh, perhaps uh, Meta can fill in from time to time next to Petrie. But, but ideally you'd want on a contending team, two higher quality uh, defensemen on the left side. And, um, you know, um, where, where is that? Where's that? There's, there's nothing internal. Um, no. you know, we saw Kale Fleury. We saw Josh Brook. Um, Kale Fleury progressed uh, through the season. Josh Brook came in at the end of the year. Uh, but both those uh, guys, as, as, as much as, as we like their potential, um, mm-hmm really need another full year in Laval. Um, and, uh, and so there's a, you know, there's a real need on, on the left side and, and uh, jumping out and grabbing um, Folan was uh, kind of an odd message, I think. Um, and, and a message sent, you know, we've, I've, I've, I've maintained this, uh, you know, that you always have a, with all the, with everything being equal, you, you have a bias for your own guys, the players you drafted. Um, and um, we, we heard um, from inside the, the, the organization players kind of questioning, what can that player do that Brett can't do? Um, yeah. Um, and um, so I think it, it, it's, it's a difficult message that is being sent not only to Brett Learnout, but to, uh, to all the prospects. Um, you, you would hope that, that the bias would be there for, uh, for their own. And it, and it doesn't appear that that's the case. No, it doesn't. And, and, you know, as we've always said that, you know, Brett Learnout is a workhorse. Brett Learnout, Brett Learnout does what he's asked of him, whether it's management, whether it's coaches, he does what's asked. He does the job and he does the best that he can. Um, and so I'm sure he'll, you know, keep it in line uh, upon hearing this news and probably try to just ignore it. But it's just, it's, it's unfortunate that time and again, um, this organization seems to give up on prospects, I want to say, um, or that, prospects uh, when they are lost, whether they're lost on waivers or traded away. Um, it's odd to me the number of times those players find success once they leave the organization. Um, and there's quite a number of them, even from last year, who were on the Laval Rocket, who now that they are in new situations um, around the league and around the world are performing much better. Um, and so, yeah, occasionally it's, it's fine to say, oh, sometimes this change of scenery is good. But when almost every one of your young guys who leaves and gets that change of scenery and does, and, and does better because of it, that throws up red flags for me. Just have to say. Um, speaking of, of losing guys on waivers, um, you had some, you had some, that came up the the whole you know transactional and and losing guys on waivers was something that came up uh at Joel Bouchard's end of the season uh press conference i believe right well the uh the Laval Rocket were um you know they had a lot of experience on the back end uh a lot of NHL experience uh that is a lot of pro experience i guess 
Um, mm-hmm. But not so much up front. Um, and and um, as a result, ended up being 30th in the league in goals per game. Um, mm. Without Rocket just couldn't score. Um, no. And, and th- you know, uh, that has to be uh, – part of that has to um, – uh, the blame has to go to uh, both Bergevin and Bouchard who, who assembled the roster. And we've talked before about how that roster was assembled, uh, players that were let go uh, and, and, you know, where the, the, uh, the new players came from. Um, mm-hmm. And, and Joe Bouchard said, well, you know, I never had Sherback. I never had De La Rose. Well, he wasn't going to have those players anyway. They were either going to be on the Canadians roster uh, or lost to waivers as they were. He talked about right. Chapu and Agostino um, uh, being called up and, and that that caused difficulties for his offense. Um, so with, with that in mind, I, I personally, I think uh, fr- from our experience being in the AHL, there was relatively few um, uh, player exchanges, uh, transactions, by the Lavelle Rocket, certainly mm-hmm. uh, far fewer than than had been the year year prior. Um, but I, sure. I, I I thought it was curious that um, the the last game of the season um, for Lavelle, we were in Binghamton. That game went into overtime, and we talked about uh, the thrilling comeback. Uh, Nikita Yevpolov uh, scoring overtime, uh, but we also talked about um, how. Uh, Cam Cam Johnson, the the Binghamton goalie, was injured. Um, right, injured just before that when his own player Rob Ramage hit him, um, knocked his mask off, and he seemed concussed. And that was kind of uh, talked about afterwards. And we wondered at the time why wasn't I know it's 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 uncomfortable. It's 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 not uh, you know necessarily the the route you want to go but to put your backup in in overtime uh but but cam johnson was clearly you know not himself he didn't know where it was he he struggled um to find the puck and and on that that overtime goal um yeah and and um rob the the uh the voice of the the uh binghamton devil says oh well partly because we just signed uh, a PTO. Um, and, and he was the backup. Um, and his name was Logan Thompson. Um, 22 years old. He had come from briefly from the Adirondack Thunder in the ECHL, but he had spent most of his time in the CIS at Brock university. Oh. Um, that, that. So not the um, guy you're going to put in, in overtime. <laughs> right. But that transaction was the 174th player transaction wow. for the Binghamton Devils last season. Oh, this season, like this season. That uh, this, this past, yeah, yeah, yeah. 174 player transactions. Wow. Um, Laval came no, <laughs> nowhere close to that. Not remotely close. So, when you're reviewing the season and, and, and you know, you talk about uh, player movement. Uh, first of all, it's it's that's that's what the AHL is. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. That's kind of normal in the AHL. Um, and there are other teams where uh, who are impacted far more. Uh, and certainly Binghamton was one of them with 174 player transactions during the year. That's like that's how do you even keep how do you keep that straight? <laughs> at any given moment. Um, my goodness. Like, that's just, that's a lot. 174 is a lot. But, well, and we've said before, to, you know, okay, so someone who wants to play devil's advocate could look at that and say, well, yeah, and look at that. Binghamton is, was was even behind Laval in the standings. So, but it, as you say, transaction numbers like that are common for every single team in the AHL. So even though the Charlotte Checkers are are number one in the league, if you do the research and look to see how many transactions they had, they're still a winning team 
despite having, and I, I gladly will look it up for the next show, um, despite having a boatload of transactions, they still have a winning environment. So you can't, you know, as you say, Joel Bouchard said, well, Sherback and Delarose, you aren't going to have them anyway. Agostino and Chapu, frankly, shouldn't have been on the Canadians roster to begin with. Um, so you should have had them, but, but you didn't. Um, the idea is you still have to put together whatever team you're able to assemble um, from ECHL call-ups or other PTO signings. And again, I circle back to this is why the Canadians need to figure out their ECHL affiliation for next year so that they can be growing their depth at all three league levels and not just taking whatever they can get from Maine and occasionally Brampton um, and occasionally once in a great while Fort Wayne whenever they have a hole that they need to fill. Uh, there needs to be a better plan, um, and perhaps that would help them be a little more successful. And and I guess my, my whole point is just, um, uh, you know, excuses, uh, uh, listing player transactions as excuses or, or coming to the, the, the um, conclusion that uh, it, it would have been a whole bunch better if, and and the Laval Rocket would have been able to score goals if they had their full roster from beginning to end um, is just silly and is just unrealistic. That's not the AHL. And with respect to excuses, um, I really liked what Paul Maurice had to say um, oh, yeah. after uh, after Win- the Winnipeg Jets were were uh, bounced. Uh, in, in game six by St. Louis and, and the reporters were talking about Nick, Nikolai Ehlers. Um, he had a f- fractured uh, leg. Uh, Patrick Lina wasn't a hundred percent. And uh, it was Paul Maurice that said, be careful with excuses. We got beat. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really like that. And he, he pulls no punches and, and he is not afraid to tell it like it is. And I think the players respect that because he's not trying to blow smoke. He's not trying to sugarcoat anything flat out. They got beat. And anybody who watched that game that night, they did. Uh, unfortunately, and we should all raise a glass uh, for Rick Stevens, who is a Winnipeg Jets fan. We are very sorry that your team. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fond of the Jets. Given that I, I, I lived in Winnipeg for some time, I'm, I'm, right. I'm fond of the Jets. And, and, and uh, truth be told, I I like their development system. I like the way that they have. I like what their general manager is mm-hmm. doing. I like what their AHL coach Pascal Vincent is doing, um, and um, and their their former their former um, uh, head coach um, for the uh, Win- Winnipeg Jets AHL affiliate was uh, was turfed. Uh, from from Hartford, uh, that that mm. was that's. Uh, I know we're we're going to get to AHL news in in the <laughs> next segment, but uh, Keith McCambridge, who was coach of the St. John's Ice Caps uh, when the Ice Caps were the Winnipeg Jets affiliate, um, he replaced by Pascal Vincent, and then uh, Keith McCambridge went on to coach Hartford. Uh, Hartford had a tough time this year as the the Rangers. Uh, sold off <laughs> just about. They had a, a fire sale in Hartford. Uh, uh, Cole Schneider and and uh, uh, Dustin Tukarski was traded. Uh, they they cleaned out and and uh, Hartford fell like a stone. And and at the same time, Hershey uh, had a big um, uh, push. So so they got a, into a playoff spot. But anyway, at the end of the season, I think that's our first AHL coaching casualty. Is uh, Hartford Hartford's uh, Hartford Wolfpack uh, their their head coach? McCambridge. They will start to they will start to fall. That's the first one. Uh, one more item in this segment: a bit of good news for a Canadian's prospect. That's uh, a guy that we've talked a little bit about here in the last couple of weeks, and that is goaltending prospect Caden Primo, who, of course, we know uh, signed his entry level contract upon completing his uh, his sophomore NCAA season. Um, you know, he's had a lot of accolades this year. Um, 
he won the Mike Richter Award uh, for Most Outstanding Goaltender in the NCAA this year. Uh, when they played in the Beanpot, uh, he plays for North. He played for Northeastern University. When they played in the Beanpot, he was uh, MVP um, and also had the Everly Award as the goaltender with the best save percentage. First team All-American, Hockey East goaltending champion honors, second straight season. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, and like his uh, soon-to-be organization, basically his not soon to be, but his organizational counterpart, Charlie Lindgren, did last year. Caden Primo has been selected by USA Hockey to join the ranks of the um, U.S. men's national team for the men's world, the IIHF World Championship coming up in May. Which will be a great experience for Primo. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's, he's actually there's joining... goaltenders with, with NHL experience there uh, in Thatcher mm-hmm. Demko and Corey Schneider. So whether he sees the goal or not, um, um, I, I don't think is, is all that important. Just the experience. No. Um, uh, will be great for him. And that was the same thing for Lindgren last year. Lindgren didn't play, I don't <clears> believe. Um, but being there and having the experience, and so far the roster that they've um, announced so far uh, looks looks really great. It'll be good for Caden Primo to be around the likes of um, Quinn Hughes, Brady Shea, Alex DeBrincat, Jack Eichel, Patrick Kane, Chris Kreider, uh, Dylan Larkin, James Van Riemsdyk. They're really putting together a nice roster. So congratulations to Caden Primo, who is heading off to Worlds. And with that, we are going to head off to a quick break. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to go around the AHL and talk about some some more awards and give you the latest scoop on what's happening in the first round of the Calder Cup playoffs right after this. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. Don't forget, at any time, you can hit us up on Twitter at the AHL Report. We always love to hear from our fans and followers and listeners. So be sure if you have any questions during the week at all about anything AHL-related to find us out there in the Twitterverse at the AHL Report. Uh, Rick, First of all, we, we happily were able to announce last week a number of year-end AHL awards that were handed out, but two important ones uh, came out after our show aired last week, uh, later in the week, and so we would be remiss to mention, I know we talked about this young man um, last week for a different award, but the uh, AHL's Dudley Red Garrett Memorial Award, which goes out to the league's outstanding rookie, has been awarded to Alex Barry Boulay from the Syracuse Crunch. Um, he's just had a tremendous season for Syracuse and uh, really, really stood out. Uh, not surprising at all to see him get the outstanding rookie award. Um, but happily, also goals. 34 goals uh, leading the league, yeah. uh, that, that being tied with his Syracuse teammate, Carter Verhege. Um So, uh, yeah, what a great season. Absolutely. And, of course, the Les Cunningham Award, which is the American Hockey League's most valuable player for the 2018-19 season. It's a guy you might be familiar with, folks. Mr. Daniel Carr of the Chicago Wolves. Um, 
man, what a season did Dan Carr have? And I know, Rick, we talked about him quite a bit throughout the season as he was kind of making his way up the rankings and constantly in there. Um, He missed 24 games this season, I believe, during um, both from being recalled to the NHL and also uh, to an injury. So despite missing 24 games, Daniel Carr had 30 goals and 41 assists, which tied for third in the AHL with 71 points in uh, over 52 games. He was fourth in the league in plus minus with a plus 35 rating and had a 1.37 points per game average, which was the highest in the league since 2011 and 12 for any AHL player appearing at least half of his team's games. What a season for Dan Carr. Incredible season. Um, the, the stat that, you know, all those points in, in a, a, a small number of games, the stat for me, and I think I mentioned it last week was uh, 1.37 points per game. That's um, amazing. Just a great season. And, and it's unfortunate that uh, Joel Bouchard saw no need, no, no use for this player and that, uh, Mark Bergevin uh, got into the dispute he did, and and uh, with um, with Dan Carr about bringing him back, um, that's that's just unfortunate for a team that couldn't score this year. Laval certainly could have used a player like that. Mm-hmm. And Dan Carr is one of the one of those players that I spoke about in the last segment that uh, seems to have found tremendous. Uh, Dan Carr was already successful at doing doing a great job uh, playing in the AHL while he was in the Montreal organization, but has found plenty of success uh, with Chicago in the uh, Las Vegas organization. So congratulations to Dan Carr. I hope, hope you have another season like that. And of course, um, you know, the Wolves are currently in the playoffs. So we'll see how far they can go in the postseason. While we're talking about awards and, and league, uh, uh, league leaders, um, uh-huh. Something I noticed, um, you know, looking at goaltenders, surprise at goaltender stat, um, that the there were two players that uh, led the league in shutouts this season. Um, okay. Capo, uh, the, it was six shutouts um, was the most in the league this season, and the two players who who got uh, six shutouts were Capo Kakinen with um, Iowa. Um, mm. And Connor Ingram with Syracuse. Wow. And the interesting thing about that is that, that those six shutouts um, for Connor Ingram, uh, we saw him at the All-Star game, the AHL All-Star game in Springfield, uh, that, that most of those shutouts were uh, in the first half of the season because after that, uh, Connor Ingram was um, a big surprise to everybody. Was shipped to Orlando, mm-hmm. and even in Orlando, um, in the ECHL, he wasn't playing very much. He seemed to be the uh, the second and third goalie there. So um, when we were in Syracuse the last weekend season, um, we asked, "What's the deal with Connor Ingram?" And we were told, um, <laughs> "It's an internal matter." Yeah. That was a- <laughs> I think that was With the a smile. Phrase. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and uh, uh, so curious, uh, but it, it just, um, um, I, I was, uh, it, it, it was uh, interesting to me that, that uh, despite all the missed time uh, and, and whatever issues are going on there, he finished the season tied um, for goaltender shutouts. Hmm. Well, Let's uh, let's hope he returns to good playing form uh, and next year can get back uh, to getting those kinds of statistics and, and having that kind of news. Um, hoping for all good news for Connor Ingram. Uh, the Rockford Icehogs had some news this week. They had a uh, signing, a uh, one-year AHL contract for the 2019-20 season. Um with two-time Stanley Cup champion forward Chris Versteeg. Um, Versteeg's 32 now. Uh, this past season, he played in Europe. Actually, he 
the when you when you listen to the Canadians Connection podcast on demand from last Saturday that we spoke about, and we mentioned that Rick went on a little uh, where are they now trip. It was regarding Avangard in the KHL, and that's exactly where Christopher Stieg uh, spent last season playing um, after having 643 NHL games under his belt. So he's back in North America now, Rick, uh, and he'll be playing next season for the Rockford Icehawks. Good for him. And uh, just 32, he still feels that he has something to contribute. Maybe he gets a chance uh, through a call-up, but um, his his experience, um, his uh, mentorship uh, may be helpful for the Icehawks next season. Well, the one thing that everyone's currently keeping an eye on, though, Rick, is the first week of the Calder Cup playoffs. It's first round. It's a division semifinal matchups, um, and they got underway just uh, just under a week ago. Um, there are some series that are and, – and we, of course, remind everyone again that the first round of the AHL Calder Cup playoffs are, the, are a best-of-five series. So – you can you can win or lose a series really quick in the American League in the first round, um, and so there's there are some series, Rick. As we take a look through uh, the eight series that are going on, there are some that are uh, predictably tight. There's a lot of uh, one and one situations. Um, the Checkers and the Bruins each have each have a win. Um, Bridgeport and Hershey each have a win. Um, which we should mention the the Bridgeport win. It's interesting. The Bridgeport and Hershey series, two spectacular games on either side. Bridgeport won the first game in double overtime when Kiefer Bellows scored his second goal of the night, which was just a tremendous ending to that game. And then the the next night they turn around and Vitek Vanacek notches a shutout for Hershey two to nothing. So uh, they go back to Hershey now for game three tonight. I think that I, I think that's, going to be an exciting series to to watch and see and see how that goes but there's also a couple of series that are um really kind of hanging by a thread particularly in the north division well what's what's curious to me is that uh of the three top teams in the entire ahl two of them are on the verge of being eliminated Um, they are syracuse and rochester um, mm-hmm. Syracuse, um, it was uh, a hundred point team, um, this year, uh, second only to, to Charlotte, um, Rochester finished, uh, third overall in the league with 99 points. And both of them, uh, both teams are trailing, uh, Syracuse to Cleveland and Cleveland, as we know, got in to the playoffs at the very last minute, just ahead of Belleville, yep. uh, and the Marlies lead, uh, uh, uh Rochester, um, and uh, the Marlies are going home uh, and could close out. Um, they they have a two nothing lead. Uh, so so does Cleveland. Um, this this could be interesting. Um, and with Tampa Bay already uh, being swept out of um, the playoffs by Columbus at the NHL level, uh, to have Syracuse on the verge of being swept in the first round as well by Cleveland is got to be. Um, you know, have the, the the whole Tampa Bay organization on on edge. Absolutely, and as as anyone who who has paid attention to the North Division and and followed along with all of our coverage of the Laval Rocket this season, knows that the Syracuse Crunch is a hard team to play against. They put up. I mean, look at how many guys: Carter Verhage, Alex Barry Boulay, Andrioff. There, there's any number of players who have 20 and some even 30 goal seasons. Syracuse scores goals. They are the and they're they're fast. They're physical. They are a hard team to play against. And as you mentioned, Cleveland just squeaked in over Belleville at the very last second to make the playoffs. Cleveland has come into Syracuse. Keep that in mind too. The series started in Syracuse. So Syracuse has lost two games at home now, and now they have to go to Cleveland for two games. And in both of those games, not only did Cleveland beat them, but Cleveland put up five goals in both games, winning five to three in game one and five to one in the second game against Syracuse. 
That's and going just, back to Cleveland, we know that Cleveland, uh, we talked about it last week or the week before about uh, the top uh, attendance uh, buildings and, uh, and Cleveland was in, um, uh, was up near the top. And so we know that um, particularly for the playoffs, we expect to see that that building is going to be um, well filled and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and they'll be, they'll be crazy in Cleveland uh, with uh, a chance to uh, eliminate Syracuse. Absolutely. In the Western conference, uh, the wolves and the Griffins are tied at one win apiece. Um, and the Admirals and Wild have actually only played one game. Uh, the Iowa Wild won that game 7 to nothing against the Milwaukee Admirals. They play game two tonight in Iowa. So uh, I'm sure Milwaukee is going to be looking uh, to not have such a, a drubbing as they did uh, for game one. And then out there in the Pacific, the Condors and Eagles are tied at one game apiece. Uh, the the series that is the farthest along is the San Jose Barracuda versus the San Diego Gulls. The Gulls are now leading that series two to one. Uh, San Diego won the first game six to five in overtime. San Jose then came back and won the second one five to three. San Diego put up a four to one victory most recently. So now they have two more games, both in San Jose, but the Gulls are leading it two to one. So. Lots of good Calder Cup playoff action. Um, you know what? Um, you asked this question as as we were exchanging messages um, a week or so ago, and and you were kind of mm-hmm. noticing the the um, parallels that that the yeah. NHL and the AHL, um, where where the NHL and the AHL. Uh, teams uh, from the same organization had both made the playoffs. Um, I I took a quick look and um, if we extend that to the ECHL, so that is um, the NHL organizations um, who have NHL teams, AHL teams and ECHL teams qualify for the playoffs. There are six of them. Yeah. Which, which is incredible uh, that, Mm -hmm. that, that the organization has, uh, playoff uh, representation at all levels, um, and the the six are the Toronto Maple Leafs, the, of course the Leafs, the Marlies, and the Growlers, um, yep. who are, are doing very well out in St. John's, um, uh, the ECHL franchise. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Um, we know that uh, there's a game seven with uh, Carolina and, and Washington. Carolina's had a great season. And Charlotte has been at the top of the uh, AHL standings all year long. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, who we talked about, Washington Capitals, Colorado Avalanche. Um, and you mentioned the Eagles um, mm-hmm. in their matchup with, with Bakersfield. Um, it's interesting, too, that there are two other organizations um, that just missed out being part of that group, uh, the Manitoba Moose and, and Texas um, stars both came very close to making the playoffs. Remember there, there was that uh, in the central, there was that uh, log jam of teams that uh, were all so closely to, together. Um, right. But Winnipeg and Dallas uh, both qualified for the NHL playoffs and ECHL. Uh, so there could have been eight teams. Uh, that's a, uh, that's a real credit um, to those six organizations um, uh, who are able to maintain that, that performance level across all three uh, leagues. Um, and I, I just thought it was worth mentioning. Absolutely. I, I definitely agree. Um, one thing we should also mention regarding the Charlotte checkers uh, top team in the league. Uh, it's currently t- at one game apiece against the Providence Bruins. Um, apparently the last game got a little check. Uh, chippy uh, because they're the checkers have been assessed two different player suspensions. Uh, Bobby Sanguinetti was suspended for one game uh, for an illegal check to the head of an opponent. Um, and that was, that just happened on Sunday, I believe. Um, so he will miss Wednesday, tomorrow night's game, oh, which is a game three. Uh, but they will also be without the services of Trevor Carrick, who is a, a, a playmaker for them, um, who has been suspended for three games 
for leaving the player's bench on a legal line change for the purpose of joining an altercation. So he left the bench to join a fight. He gets a three-game suspension, which means if if the series goes to five games, he will miss the rest of the series. Uh, Or he will miss at least uh, game three, game four. He's going to miss three games. If for some reason Charlotte loses the series before he's served those three games, he will have to continue serving that suspension um, whenever the next time is that he is active on any AHL club roster uh, next year. So that's a big loss for Charlotte uh, coming up for an important game three tomorrow night. Uh, One last thing before we uh, head off to our last segment, Rick, Uh, there've been a lot of rumblings back and forth and even since, um, the all-star game and, and Dave Andrews state of the league address, there's been some rumblings about what's going on in Wilkes-Barre. Um, and you had mentioned this uh, earlier uh, to me that maybe it was just something we'd like to just make people aware of and let them know if there's any information about it. And there's, yeah, there's, there's been rumors about next year and, and we won't get into that. What we do know is the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins do not have uh, a lease for their building next year. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, there's a, 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 a non-disclosure agreement in place, so um, we're not going to know uh, until something happens. But in the last couple of weeks, the Luzerne County Convention Center uh, Authority, who who is in negotiations with the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, said uh, all they said were that um, there was no agreement in place and that negotiations were still continuing on the final game of the season, the final home game of the season for the Penguins, um, the uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins put a message up uh, for fans uh, on the Jumbotron. And I'll just read what the message says. Uh, it says the Pittsburgh Penguins remain committed to Wilkes-Barre and are in good faith negotiations with the arena authority and the county on a long-term contract. More information will be available in the near future. So um, it's a, a, a concerning time for, for the folks uh, in Wilkes-Barre. Uh, they're, they're passionate hockey fans and they, uh, the rivalry that um, is, is in place with their neighbors is, is a, is a strong one. And uh um, they just don't know fans there. The Penguins fans uh, of the NHL of the AHL team don't know whether they'll have hockey in Wilkesbury next year. But um, let's hope they have some news uh, very very soon. And as you say, uh, you know, it would it, it, here's here's hoping that they come to an agreement and that the Penguins do stay in Wilkesbury, uh, just like at the NHL level, the Flyers, Capitals, and Penguins. Uh, are are have a bitter bitter kind of three-way rivalry that rivalry is echoed at the ahl level particularly due to the fact that these three teams are all within an hour's driving distance of one another so the phantoms the wilkes-barre scranton penguins and the hershey bears are all within an hour's driving distance of one another and the rivalry is tremendous fans from every team travel heavily to road games at the other two arenas um, for all three teams. And so it creates a very exciting environment at any of those three rinks for each of the 12 times a year that those three teams play each other, which is a good bulk of the year. Um, so here's hoping that, that Wilkes-Barre uh, gets to stay um, because it certainly is one of, one of the most, storied little areas uh, in the league, uh, that, that little Pennsylvania trio there. So with that, um, we will head off for one more very quick break. Don't go away. On the other side, we're just going to uh, wrap things up and talk a little bit about uh, everything happening here at Rock Sports Radio and uh, send you on your way because we know that you're dying for some cherry cheesecake uh, very soon. So don't go anywhere. We've got a little bit more for you coming back on the other side of this break. Don't be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report 
and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel, at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. We're back here at From the Press Box on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, of course, joined every week by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And be sure to find us out there on Twitter at the AHL Report. We always love to hear from you on podcast day and every other day of the week. So be sure to reach out to us. But Rick, Twitter isn't the only place people can find us. There's, you know, there's so many ways to find our content at so many levels. We've got NHL coverage. We've got, of course, the AHL coverage here at the AHL Report. We've got written content, social media content, um, YouTube content, uh, as well as all of the podcasts that we have to offer here at Rocket Sports Radio. That's right. And uh, your first stop should be AHL.report, AHL.report. And there you can find the podcast and you'll find the links to um, our exclusive interviews on YouTube. You should go to YouTube. Uh, you should uh, subscribe to YouTube and to make sure you get all the videos there. But if you're looking for podcasts, uh, you can get this podcast right there at ahl.report. But in the summer, you might be on the go and um, you might um, you know, want to find us on your favorite podcast app. And you can do that by searching Rocket Sports Radio uh, on your, your podcast app. And, and uh, you can do that by any of them, whether it's um, Spotify or, or uh, iTunes or uh, Intune Radio or any of them. Um, and when you do that, you'll get not only this podcast from the press box with mm-hmm. a focus on, on the AHL, but you'll get the Canadians Connection, a live podcast we talked about a bit earlier um, on the Montreal Canadiens, you'll get Have a Listen, and you'll get Habs Unfiltered. Uh, four podcasts, um, all one place, Rocket Sports Radio. Excellent. And be, as Rick said, be sure to check it out. There's, there's something different with each of our uh, podcasts and different personalities. Lots of fun. You don't want to miss it. And as we, as we mentioned, and I will repeat this again, we talked about the Canadians Connection, uh, which I was honored to uh, make a guest appearance on last Saturday. As Rick just talked about going and finding Rocket Sports Radio, that's the way to find the Canadians Connection and look for last week's show uh, that aired on Saturday, uh, April 20th. Um, and uh, check that out. It was, a, it, was a, it was a great show. It's a great show every week. Um, we had a lot of fun. Also, be sure you can check us out on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, You can find us on YouTube. There's just so much. And as we've mentioned with the podcast that we're not going anywhere for the summer, that's to be said for um, all of the websites as well, ahl.report, allhabs.net. There is no off-season here at Rocket Sports Media. Uh, There is plenty of hockey news to cover 365 days a year, and that's exactly what you'll find here with the Rocket Sports Media websites. So make sure that you've bookmarked them, visit them every day, follow along on Twitter. The conversation never ends, um, and we want to hear from you. So what we will do, Rick, uh, we're going to be keeping a close eye on the playoffs 
both at the NHL and AHL level. There's a few games uh, in the AHL that are happening tonight. The one that I think is the most interesting to watch tonight will be that Bridgeport-Hershey game uh, in Hershey. Um, See which one of them can come up with another fantastic performance. Uh, So we will be sure to keep everyone posted on how things are going uh, with this first round in the Calder Cup playoffs as well as further signings if they should happen and firings if they should happen and all sorts of things. Uh, One, of course, Rick, thank you for joining me again this week. It was a great show today. Great show. Absolutely. We even got to talk like Shakespeare. Talk like Shakespeare. That's right. (laughs) Excellent. Well, we thank you for joining us as well. Uh, Have a great week. Enjoy playoff hockey And uh, make sure you come right back here next Tuesday for another fantastic episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. We'll see you then. And keep on wishing. Remember your dreams is your only scheme. So keep on.